0: Judge Judge is ready.
1: Ready. One of the things that makes the human race great is how unique we all are. We lead individual journeys that help shape the thoughts and opinions that define us.
0: What doesn't make the human race so great is yelling about those opinions on Facebook in all capital letters.
1: (gasps) Hashtag sorry not sorry, Kurt. I just think Olivia should be with Jake, okay? The reasons behind it are obvious. And
0: obviously you're wrong. Fitz was the bad guy (sighs) from Ghost featuring Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. He's awesome. Mm
1: Mm-mm. In the world of forensics, the discourse is sometimes just as passionate and just as ridiculous, especially when it comes to the great interp versus acting debate. It's one where everyone has a side and everyone has their justifications as to why they stand where they do. On today's podcast, we hope to shed some light on what the basis for this battle is and hopefully give out some helpful tips on how to avoid being the cause of this commotion. This This is is Forensics Faces. Faces.
0: Welcome to another episode of Forensics Faces. And welcome back to my co-host, Melissa Gabrielson. Yay. Hi, hey, Kurt. How are you? I am great. How are you? I am doing very well. How so you- we had a great weekend of forensics. Yes, we finally got to go
1: back to Marquette. I haven't been there since I competed in high school. I don't
0: think I ever even competed there in high school. I think the one time they had a tournament, I was like auditioning for state honors choir or something ridiculous Humble brag. Like Sorry, <laughs>
1: obviously not. Sorry, I was in state <laughs> honors choir.
0: Uh, everybody, I yeah. really, I really made it in life because <laughs> I was in state honors choir in uh, high school.
1: I was probably presenting a
0: public address. I love public address. I uh, do That's too. a topic for another time. <laughs> the graveyard. For But But, yeah, no, we got to spend a nice day at Marquette for mm -hmm. a tournament that hasn't been run in a decade. I thought Amy Geyser and her tab room did a really nice job of keeping things together. And we got out of there almost on time. Yeah, almost. Almost. Yeah, we
1: we had a little snafu. Our bus driver decided that he wasn't going to try to fight the line, so we were the last group of kids picked up after the bus line went through.
0: There's some wisdom in that.
1: Yeah, but we... Yeah, but we like our bus driver Josh. He likes to sing along with us on the way home because my kids like to burst into song. Oh
0: no! Yeah,
1: but he joined in. Obviously, Josh loves him some T Swift.
0: This is why my kids don't like driving with your kids.
1: <laughs> no one does, but that's okay. They enjoyed the tournament. They really. It's a beautiful school that it was hosted it at. Was, yeah, and the the food offerings were great. The fact that the kids yeah. got to eat Chinese food—they were so excited. So, well, props to Amy and her parents for providing all those Plus options. Plus, it was
0: really educational um, because there were a lot of like, there were posters on the wall of words that you're not <laughs> supposed to say. Like they were they were written out, mm-hmm. and then they had like a you know the circle with the X through it, so that you're like, don't say these words. Um, and I didn't know what a good chunk of them meant. Yeah. Nor did my girls. Mm-mm. So I am proud to say that on the van ride home we got an education in words that you are not supposed to call people there and now i know why i know the appropriate people not to <laughs> say those words to
1: perfect i'm glad that my kids didn't ask me what any of those words meant cuz i also would not have been able to yeah, define them some
0: of them were pretty creative i was like wow that is that is yeah that is Nice. <laughs> a
1: little too much thought put it's into those, that racism, it's, you know, it's, but. It's,
0: it's that private Catholic schooling. They're just so yeah. smart. They know all of the insults.
1: Yes. Also, I was really excited to have gotten a tour from Marquette alumni Peter Woods, who took me around the school yes. and showed me all the fun spots to hang out and all of the little secrets. So if you ever want a really great school tour of Marquette University High School, Peter
0: Woods is Peter your Woods guy. Peter
1: Woods at Ideas. He's your guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fantastic,
1: but yeah, it was a good it was a good weekend for my kids. we both of our teams did fairly well, and yeah I'd we say got it
0: fairly well, yeah, we were considering first yeah. place
1: small teams, first place medium teams, yeah. no big deal can, that's my humble it, brag of the podcast we, can say that,
0: that, that <laughs> we did fairly well, yeah,
1: yeah, and the critiques were really good. Some of them were a little confusing and some mm-hmm. and one of them actually spurred today's podcast topic. Uh, one of my students who does oral interpretation of literature or oil got a critique back on one of his sheets saying that he was verging on acting and mm-hmm. didn't exactly know what it meant. So I thought that maybe today's podcast would be a great opportunity for you and I to sort of hash that out.
0: And so here we are with the binders they carried. Ooh, I'm just an so examination excited. Examination of the war between interp and acting. So,
1: why do we as coaches, as students, as judges even argue about the difference between interp and acting.
0: You know, I think this goes back to the problem with forensics in the way we do it, which is that when you are forcing someone to pick one person over another, you are sometimes forcing them to find, maybe it's fair to say, make up Mm -hmm. reasons why one person should be considered better than another. And that is the most outrageous criticism of our system that I will ever give. (laughs) Because for the most part, I think competition is the best way to go. Um, I am not shy about saying that. I grew up in the WFCA system. I coach in the WFCA system. I believe it's the better way to experience forensics. But this, I think, is one of the negative side effects of competition, is that sometimes you know, when you're being forced to pick between people, Judges are just going to make stuff up. And this is where the debate begins with interp and acting because why can't something that's just really good be something that's really good?
1: And I know for some people they believe that the only difference between interp and acting is whether or not there's a binder in your hand, which (laughs) I do not subscribe to. I fully believe that interpretation and acting are two different things. I believe that it's possible to be talented in both, but I do believe that they are different Levels of skill that have to be presented in order to be good at them.
0: Absolutely. Although I respect the people who think that a binder is the only difference. Like yeah. If that's if that's, that's co- how they feel. For me, that's a coaching decision to I'm, do that. I'm like, you know what? Fine, because it's not written anywhere. No. There, there is no rule for us to look to. And thank um, God. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's. <laughs> but it's helpful and it's harmful. And yeah. Yeah. So we won't get into we won't get into the WFCA rulemaking no. machine. No. Not today. Is it a machine, though?
1: There has to be another word to describe that. I don't know. I don't know.
0: But this is actually, when I started the podcast, Forensics Faces, this was one of the questions that I asked every person that I interviewed. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think is the difference between interp and acting? Mary Wacker's
1: is still my favorite answer.
0: Mary Wacker was one of the people who said, more and more, it's just a binder.
1: Mm -hmm, But the way her explanation of it was so much more thoughtful than most people's. Okay. Like, I don't agree with her, but I love her answer.
0: Well, that tends to be a lot of people's opinions of Mary Wacker, actually. (laughs) And I know she would be okay with that. Um, But yeah, I never got the same answer twice. It's really interesting. So many coaches, who I respect and admire, answered the question. um, And they all had different, different answers for what that is, what degree they think they are different. So I guess I'll ask you, what is your definition of interp versus acting?
1: For me, it comes from two different places. One, source material. I think that source material can play a really big part, especially in forensics, of determining how to present it. You're not allowed to do plays in any of the interp categories. It's a rule that we've established, but that same rule doesn't necessarily apply for doing novels in any of the acting categories. Plenty of really amazing acting pieces are sourced from a really amazing bio, or just a really beautiful non-fiction- or beautiful fiction novel. So one of them for me is where does this piece come from? Another is just how it's presented from the student's perspective. If they're doing an interpretation, I feel like they aren't stepping as deeply into the characters as they would in an acting piece. I'm not asking them to put themselves in that character's shoes or asking them to bring me into that setting. I'm asking them to just simply tell me a story. Whereas in an acting piece, I want to feel every detail. I want to feel the setting. I want to feel every emotion along with you as you experience them. And I know that very few people agree with me on those levels, but when I'm coaching them, that's how I differentiate it from my students and my team. It's just source material and where you're taking us, how far you're taking us into the setting, and how far you're taking us into the piece. Well, how about you, Kurt? How do you explain the difference between interp and acting? Or do you feel there's no difference at all?
0: No, I think there is a difference to me, and um, this is something I've actually always maintained, but I think it comes from my background in the theater. To me, interp is about the words, it's about what's written, and acting is about what's in between the words. So acting is about what you bring to the piece that's not on the page It is about the character traits the decisions that you make the way you move your body It's about you know, even though you're not working with props or costumes It's about how you would imagine that and it's how you portray that to your audience in forensics Mm -hmm. It's about the way you set the scene and none of that is on the page Usually none of that is on the page and so that to me is acting and so when I'm looking at an inter piece you know, I have no problem with any physicality or voice or gesture that you want to do. But to me, the source of that should be what what was written. So if it's talking about somebody reaching for the cigarette, which is the the gesture we all know, <laughs> then okay, go ahead and do it. You know, whereas an actor might make that choice whether it's written in the text or not. Yeah. So for me, it's mostly about... Yeah, what is what is on the page, that's interp. What's not on the page, that's acting.
1: And now how do we go about showing students the difference? We can explain it, but how do you go and show them how to avoid having it be on their ballot, this is bordering on acting?
0: I don't think we can. I think the only thing we can do as coaches is to try to get our kids to be... The best that they can be, which sounds so cliche. <laughs> um, but I think here's here's the dirty little secret of coaching. We know exactly how good a kid is going to be once we've worked with them for a little while. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not something we, we get right away. And a lot of times kids can surprise us with the talent or the abilities that they develop um, as they go through forensics. But we know. Once we've worked with a kid for a little while, we kind of know their limits. And so our job is to make sure that we're giving them the tools to do what they can do as good as they can possibly do it. And so if that means that you have an interpreter who's never going to quite be an amazing actor, but they still have a great voice and they know how to tell a great story, um, maybe you throw in something that might be at some point in time by a judge considered acting because it's... You know, overly expressive, but you give it to them because they can do it, and that's Mm -hmm. the best thing they can do. Whereas, if I have a student who I know is floundering in interp and they're not showing the full breadth and width of what they can do then, yes, push them into acting. Like That's our job as a coach. If you yeah. see that potential there, don't say, oh, they'd make a really good actor, but they'll probably get better scores in Interp because they're so expressive. Yeah, That's our job as a coach. Not to worry about what a judge is going to write down. Um, judges oftentimes are reinforcing what we're saying. And so yes. that's really, really great. <laughs> we we love it when judges write a critique that we're going, I've told you that 10 times. <laughs> Thank told you. you so. um, but i do think it is our responsibility when it comes to interpret acting just to make sure that the kid is in the right category and it's not about you know like okay you're really good in in solo serious but when you do your oil make sure you don't let all of that out because it's supposed to be interp and not acting you know it may be a different approach it's certainly going to be a different piece because rules but yeah just let the kid be the best that they can be and if you see that they're getting a lot of comments about like this is more appropriate for acting maybe it's time to have that discussion with a student are you ready to move into acting because you're busting out of what most people would consider the confines of interp you're Um, bigger
1: than that binder
0: yeah and sometimes that's true and sometimes it's not yeah and sometimes even when it's true it is completely the prerogative of the coach to say you stay right where you are and you know Those judges may be commenting on that, but your scores are still fine. You're happy. I'm happy. Everybody's having a good time. (laughs) It's just forensics. Just
1: forensics. Leave
0: it. And that's totally fine, too.
1: And sometimes it's hard to have students who are good at both interp and at acting because sometimes it's hard for them to separate the two, Mm -hmm. especially going from doing your solo series at the beginning of a round and then being multiple entered to go into an oil round and putting yourself into that different place of, okay, figuring out how you're not necessarily pulling back, but bringing it in and finding that that different space than you did when you were in your solo series round. And obviously there are different pieces and different characters and different stories that you're telling, but it's also just... A, it is a sort of a different attitude in those rooms.
0: And this is where... The rules on the national level and the rules that we are starting to put in place in Wisconsin are going to really blur those lines even more. Because now that we're allowing some platform movement in Interp, Mm -hmm. um, basically what we are doing is taking away one of the justifications that judges can use to say that was too much like acting. Which, again, there are different... um, ways to think about this there are different schools of thought when it comes to this and I I feel that all points were were well represented at the fall meeting when this vote happened and so I feel like everybody made an informed vote the platform movement is in Um, whether this had anything to do with it or not that is much more the style on the national level yes so students who are advancing onto nationals will not have to do as much to stand out in a round because they'll be used to that movement already coming Mm -hmm. out of Wisconsin. Um, And so I think that there there are good things about that. But one of the drawbacks is that if we do have this argument ongoing about, you know, should somebody be ranked down because they're in Interp, but they're acting too much. Please note the air quotes I used with my voice, (laughs) acting too much. Then... You know, that's going to happen. And it's a risk that every forensic student takes when they walk into a round. The risk is that the judge will simply not like what they're going to do. But it's one of the reasons I love forensics, because when that happens, you have an opportunity to look a young person in the eye and say, kid, that's just life sometimes. Yep. And it's... Like, that's just life sometimes. Sometimes you're going to walk into a room and the people in it are not going to be about what you're about. And it doesn't mean that what you're doing is bad. It doesn't mean that it has to be fixed or that you broke a rule. But what it means is they just didn't like it. And that's fine. And the sooner in life you can get used to the idea of somebody just not liking what you did but loving it anyways, all the better.
1: And I think it's important as coaches to make sure that we are training and informing our judges that depending on where you come from in the state and what kind of program a student is from that can determine how they're being coached in that category there are some schools that even though we made that platform rule the movement rule they're still going to stand perfectly still they're going to find no reason in their piece to move at all Mm -hmm. and other schools are going to take it as an opportunity to dance their way across the front of the room because that's what they're piece is calling for and god
0: bless them because yes. i think that's great that's how things grow exactly that's how categories grow and like i i talk about your piece or you're you, one of your students who's doing the piece that i did when i was in high school um and i i think about that now and i realize that just the evolution of what solo serious is in the last 12 years like i think about how stock still i stood for that whole piece because that's just what you did mm-hmm. like you didn't move you know, in, in solo acting when I was in high school.
1: Even when I was in high school.
0: And now you move. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for making it sound like that came so much. It was, okay. So much. But even when I was in high school, <gasps> years that three after year you. Year
1: difference.
0: Three. Years but after I still, you. <laughs> I can still
1: remember watching Final Rounds for Solo Serious, I believe mm-hmm. in 2006. And characters were still snapping and popping as if they were, as now we associate only with mm-hmm. Solo Hum or Duo. Yeah. And now when you go into a solo series or a DI round, students are walking back and forth or they're doing dancing. One mm-hmm. of the most amazing DIs I still have ever seen was a gentleman who did the tap dancing piece last year. Yep. And it was just so vibrant and the movement was so important. The uh, Even trying to imagine him doing that piece without that aspect is just unthinkable. It because wouldn't It have was not worked at all, yeah. Yeah, it was like a second actor on stage with him. And he was just so good. hmm so good. Right. Not fair. And
0: so, But see, that's, again, we, that's that's the point, is that it was so good. If the tap dancing had been the piece and his acting had been, eh, it would have seemed gimmicky. Yeah. And then somebody would have said, eh, that's not really working for me. But that's why those we can't be afraid of those changes when they happen. Because, and we're getting into a whole separate thing <laughs> here. But, like, that's when why when those changes happen, we shouldn't be so afraid of them. Because the good acting... The thing that we're looking for is still going to happen, even with those changes. You're still going to be able to see what works about a piece, even if somebody moves. Yeah, you know, even if somebody gestures more than what you think is appropriate. Like, and that, and again, that's critiquable. And I guess that's something we should talk about too. Like, is it okay for a judge to say, "I think this is more acting than interp"?
1: Melissa stance—it's a cop out. I understand that sometimes judges are grasping at the thinnest straws to figure out how to justify ranking a one over a two. But in my world and the way that I hope that I train my judges is that you need to trust the justifications that you wrote down are enough. Mm -hmm. A student will be upset momentarily, but again, it's just forensics. They'll move on from it. But you have to trust that the justifications you've already written down We'll explain to them why they just missed it. Also, I know that kids hate hearing it, but telling them that it was a really difficult choice between one and two can feel great, and it can be a good explanation to let them know, oh, I was good enough. I just barely missed it. Mm-hmm. I must not have been their cup of tea, which is fine, because, right. again, you're not going to be everyone's cup right. of tea. But how do you feel yeah. about it? No,
0: I think you make a good point. I do think it is probably... Um, along with many other phrases that we are used to seeing on ballots, it's the thing you say when you don't quite know what to say. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, when you say it's too much acting over interp, I guess if you're a judge listening to this, I would ask you to really question, and maybe it's not right in that moment, and that's the thing too that judges sometimes I think get wrong, and I do this all the time when I'm judging, which is that at the end of the round, I will take a minute to go back and see like, was there anything I meant to say or that, I should have said on this ballot. And so maybe that's when you go back to it afterwards and say, Okay, I thought this was too much acting than interp. What did that mean? Was it over articulated as far as physicality? Was it too much gesturing? Was it that they were actually physically snapping into characters? Yes. Was it that there were so much character there were it was all dialogue and no narration? Was it something else? You know, what was it about the piece that said acting and not interp to you? And if you can articulate that well, the student has something to work on or at the very least has something to take to their coach who can say, you know, yes, this is worth considering or Mm -hmm. let's see if we get more feedback that says the same before we make any changes. Um, But yeah, it's it's articulating the thing that that you actually want to say. Yeah, not using it as a placeholder. Yeah, and I get that. I so as, get that as, as a judge. As people who coach and judge, we understand, so we know. <laughs> like I, and, and my students know too that sometimes it, it is a matter of saying to them, you know, like, stop. And they'll be like, what is it? And I'll say, just give me a minute. Yeah, I'm not I'm exactly not, sure, but hold I'm on. Not, yeah, I'm not sure what you just did that I don't like. So let me think about it, <laughs> you know? And you have to do that as a judge, but you have to do it in such a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then you have to be articulate articulate about it in your writing and you have to write it in such a fashion that you can do it quickly. So you can start watching the presentation again, but also so that they can read it later. And there's so many things going on in your head and you're trying to think of that word. And you're like, what is that word? What is the thing that I mean? What is it? What is it? What is it? And it, you know, and sometimes it just doesn't come to you. And so you, you take the, the easy route.
1: Yeah. I I know that sometimes my ballots are probably frustrating because I'm that judge who will write, a horrible word for it. And then when I get to the end of the round and I'm going through and finishing my ballots, then I'll have thought of it and I'll scribble that word out. And I'm sure kids are like, what did that word act? What was that word they scribbled <laughs> out? What do you think it was? And it's just like... Trust me, the word I chose now is much more concise than the thing you did with your face.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, I actually wrote that on a ballot this week. (laughs) The thing you did with your face—it wasn't quite that inarticulate, but it was pretty bad. (laughs) And I had to go back afterwards and like add more to it because what I meant to say is she should like relax, but that's not what came out. And when I went back to read it, I was like. What What did you write? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? No, when yeah. I wrote
1: the thing you did with your face, what I actually meant was that they were being overly expressive with their eyebrows because this kid just kept shooting them all the way up into his hairline. And I couldn't figure out at the beginning why I disliked it so much. But after thinking about it, it was just... He just did too much work with his eyebrows. That which is, is a okay. Thing. That is a
0: thing. I mean, you had a student a few years ago who I liked very much, but I felt it was overly expressive in the face. Yep. He it had took, a rubber face. It took me out of the moment <laughs> with his face. So that that is a thing.
1: Yeah, so, it happens.
0: So yeah, so I guess final words on inter versus acting. They're different. They are different. We believe this. We you and I believe it. It's okay if you don't believe that. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, it's okay if you believe it even more strongly than we do
1: and we would love if you ever want to run into us at a tournament and tell us all about it come find us in the judges lounge yeah, sit at our sh- cool kids table
0: yeah or share your thoughts online tweet at us we'd love to hear you uh hear your opinion lord knows we probably every single person we could poll in the wfca would have a different yep. opinion on this um and that's okay because again subjective activity and that's what no makes one, it great no one's gonna be happy all the time no and so best that's, lesson that's totally cool So let us uh, move on to our next segment. I'm so excited about this. Which is so great because it's not something we get to do every week because I don't always get to judge. But this weekend I did. I got to judge. Um, So we can talk about the best thing we saw this weekend.
1: Yes. So I got to judge a really amazing round of poetry oil. And all six kids in it were actually super good, which doesn't always happen. And I know that sounds like a very judgmental thing, but... Every single performer in that round was so committed, even though it was only for, it was first round and I was so connected and so engaged and it made me so happy, like within the, by the third speaker finishing, I was very worried. I was like, oh, it's all downhill from here, but it just kept going and kept going and it climbed to the sixth performer. She, I know that she was in the final round because I saw her on stage and we very excited and she presented a poetry program about being an African immigrant in modern times and it was very focused on, being proud of their names and being proud of their heritage and not backing down from it and she was so passionate and I just wanted her to keep talking and when she finished talking in like at 9 55 I didn't want her to stop I was like no keep going Like just leaning forward <laughs> to my desk no, no no what were you no keep going what were you saying and uh, I just and one of my the best compliments that I can give as a judge is I wish I could coach you Mm. because there are just little things I want to fix about you that I know would make you incredible. So I was just, I very rarely clap after a performance because I'm too busy writing, but I had physically set my pen down by that point and she finished and I was just like with everyone else. So I, I loved it. I didn't, I should have looked up her name in the power packet before I came here to call her out, but Girl, if you listen and you know that it's your poetry program, I am your number one biggest fan. Well, probably after your coaches, but
0: you were incredible.
1: (laughs) Best thing I've seen in quite some time. Thank you. That's fantastic. What what did you see, Kurt? Tell me all about
0: Um, it. Best thing I saw this week. I only got to judge two rounds. I only got to see a round of moments and a round of poetry. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am going to call out the young lady in my poetry round who did and bear with me here okay three beyonce songs as her poetry what yes she did single ladies if i were a boy and irreplaceable and excellent choices three excellent choices really really good but here's the deal she was so good that she made me forget they were songs Which I think is the best compliment you can give to somebody who is doing something that is so recognizable. I'd I'd say the same thing if somebody did like the bells really well or the raven really well. Mm -hmm. It's like it's something we're so familiar with that you make me forget how I'm used to it. Um, and that's what she was able to do. And she was so expressive and she really told a story and she did this thing in poetry that I I I end up writing on ballot so often, which is if you're doing more than one poem, make them different. Show me some variety. Show me what you can do. <laughs> Don't pick a bunch of stuff that's the same and then perform it samey. you know too samey i wish i could write that on ballots but people would think i was crazy but that's the that's it's the syndrome like just because it's around a a common theme that you have to make it all the same and that's no it's like you have such an opportunity because you're doing different things to do them differently so here's a young lady who picked three pop songs by the same person and she gave each one its own voice and she just had such a natural Uh, affinity for performing she had such a presence I was immediately engaged Um, I do hope that she is young and that she has a year or two to find some more challenging material because I think she is worthy of it and and maybe I think the material is worthy of her Um, whereas this material she managed to knock it out of the park and she did. She did something I also love, which is that she takes something that I think is just okay and makes it really good. It's because of the performance that it's so good. Um, but I think with with material that is more worthy of her skill, she could be unstoppable. Oh no, I really hope. Which I she should see be that. shooting for, because she got second place at the tournament, which Ooh. means there is there is room to grow, young yes. lady. Step into that first um, place. And I remember her name was Dahlia, and I believe she was from Divine Savior Holy Angels. So awesome dahlia i loved you i just (laughs) i would love to see you do something with a little more weight yeah a little more weight so you you can do it so that was the best thing i saw this week
1: awesome if you have someone that you saw at a recent tournament that you would love have us recognize on the forensic Spaces twitter please at reply us and we will try to Uh, spread the word around and hope that other people make time to try to see them, whether they are in a power round or maybe just trying to find the regular tournament and let them know, heard about you on Forensics Faces. You're great. And mm-hmm. just assume that you trust our taste opinions. Also, if you have
0: any opinions about the show, we'd yes. love to hear from you. So let us know about by commenting on our Facebook page or applying to us on Twitter. Um, if you think that we're both totally wrong and need a lot of room to explain your side, you can email, us, email <laughs> us at listen at forensicsfaces.com.
1: On next week's episode, we're going to be talking about how to find the one. Okay. Well, the, the one piece. Yes. And, and I just <laughs> – it's going to be sort of Valentine's Day themed because – it is a grueling process sometimes to find the right piece of their forensic season. You spend a very long time with it. And so we're just going to talk about what it takes to find the one.
0: So that's it for this episode of Forensics Faces. I'm Kurt.
1: And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak.
0: Preferably in that order.
1: Faces is produced and recorded in sheboygan wisconsin our theme music was composed and performed by jj hammeister more info at forensicsfaces.com